Welcome back for the seventh installment of our Extra Lore series, recorded live on September 8th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. A big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower, Justin Sane 0516. Hello, everybody. That's we never have- going to get old, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us tonight a very special guest co-host, Ray Charizard. Rachel, how are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're doing pretty well. Pretty well. Good. Good. Um, can she you will actually, she will, she will evolve later and become Ray Charmander. It'll That's- happen. We're going to, oh, good Lord. This is off to an awesome start. Um, Rachel, can you give us a quick rundown on what got you interested in game lore, just in like general, you know, game lore exploration and stuff like that, just real fast? Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, there's nothing really specific about it. I've always been into it, kind of. I've always wanted to explore more, learn more. I think you can never have too much lore in your life. And I like best amounts of information. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, well, thank you. The topic of today's chat is going to be an introductory glance into the world of Pokemon. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through some quick notes. In our last Extra Lore episode, we discussed the world of Overwatch. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please also give us some feedback on iTunes just to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we usually get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. The extra lore streams are every month, usually within the first week sometime, depending on our schedules, at the same time at 10 p.m. Central. Um, Please be sure to give us some support on other podcasts on the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Our next extra lore is going to be a discussion on the Assassin's Creed games, so please be sure to jump into the Discord server and weigh in on those. The conversation's already rolling pretty fast there. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information that we have about the world of Pokemon. And I think we've we've all kind of agreed before the show kind of started, we're going to keep it pretty, pretty high level um, because... Anyone who has played any of the the seven generations of games, there's there's tons of games for that have the Pokemon name, can attribute. There's a lot of information. The topic for Pokemon is a very very deep rabbit hole. Um, so for this podcast and really for the chat, we kind of stuck with just a very broad general introduction to the game series. And that's, like I said, that's pretty much what we're going to stick to for this episode as well. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Rachel to give us a really basic introduction to the world of Pokemon and kind of what we experience as players within it as well. 
All right. So the way I would explain it is that if you were to play this game, you kind of wake up. Well, you don't really wake up, but you're traveling as like this 10 year old kid and you're like, you live in this world where there's all of the creatures of like different shapes and sizes and they, they can't really speak, but they can communicate. And when they do, they like, they say their names kind of, I, it's kind of neat, but you're basically called a trainer and you can catch these creatures, Pokemon. Uh, you can train them, you can battle them, etc. You can put them in contests. I mean, there's all this stuff that you can do. Um, it's, oh gosh, there's, you can explore. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's a very, what's the word for it? It's, it's a really, really cool game if you just like to. Well, I think it would Basically, be yeah. yeah, I think it would be really easy to explain it as it's ultimately an RPG, right? Yeah. Um yeah. in you know, in the early iterations of the game, the 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 generation one. So um to give give everyone kind of a sense of what we're looking at as far as you know, outside the fourth wall, there's actually seven generations of Pokemon games. Um, and within those seven generations, currently the known number of Pokemon, which are, you know, what are also called pocket monsters, which is what Rachel was talking about. They come in all shapes, sizes, you know, all this stuff. Um, there are over 760 of those animals categorized that we know of within those seven generations. Um, a lot of them, a lot of people kind of got their feet wet, especially like our my generation i guess i would say um got our feet wet with the the first generation of pokemon which is basically the red blue and the yellow uh and that was the old game boy game you know you you plug it in and or you don't even plug it in you you pop the cartridge in and you you just you jump right in there's not really there's not really a very deep story within the first generation as far as the game goes um, to get a sense of the game or get a sense of the story in the first generation, really, you had to kind of explore outside of just video games. Um, as later generations, you know, came into being, you also had an increase in hardware capabilities. So you also had like the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color, then the Game Boy Advance, then the DS, and then all these other things. You have the GameCube you know, all these other game systems started kind of adopting Pokemon. And that obviously, that obviously allowed for more storytelling within game. Um, however, backing up really, really broad picture of the Pokemon world. The Pokemon world is a world that is similar to earth, but with its own unique and extensive history. Um, and you can, I mean, there is, there's an amazing site called Bulbapedia. And this is really, it's a, it's a wiki. Um, and it's, it's actually, I think it's a, it is not enough quote unquote official wiki. I think it's actually a fan based wiki. Um, but what it is, is it's a, it's basically a collection and an encyclopedia of everything Pokemon. And this, this, this site just completely blows your mind. Like there is a ton of information and you'll, you'll be able to see with the, the mind map that we've attached in the show notes. There's a ton of information. 
the um, the world contains regions, and these are these regions are explored throughout the different generations of the games. Um, the primary region that many of the original players rec- will recognize is the region of Kanto. That that is the place that, or that is the region which the game takes place in within generations one, two, three, and four. So four generations of these game. Four generations of this game takes place in Kanto. Um, the other regions, just to run through them really quick, uh, are Alola, which is actually the brand new region that they just introduced recently with Generation 7. Hoenn, which is a place that uh, two generations take place. That's Generations 3 and 6. And then Jotto, I'm going to butcher, butcher the name of these. Just fair warning. Jotto which is Generation 2 and 4, Kalos, which is Generation 6, Sino, which is Generation 4, and Unova, which is Generation 5. So we have seven generation or seven regions, and I'm running off the top of my head here on this one. Seven regions, seven generations, with a mixed match between all of them. All of this information is, you know, explained in far better detail, both on the mind map and also in Bulbapedia. They have it broken down to every playable, every playable area has its own page pretty much. I mean, it's amazing for, for someone who was a generation one, generation two player, seeing what Pokemon has become, you know, just in the video games, not not including manga, the anime, all the side video games, you know, the the augmented reality game that everyone's going crazy over right now. Not not even acknowledging that just within the base core games, it has gotten amazingly complex. Um, you know, it used to be you run around, catch all of them and good job, you're done. Now it's you can do competitive Pokemon you can do breeding. You can do, um, I mean, there's like fashion shows. There's like, uh, I'm blanking on all the other stuff you can do because I, ne- I never played past Generation 2. So I can't really speak to the, the information that was in the later generations other than to just give a really big nod to the fact that it makes the early generations look like, well, they look like they were run on what they were run on. Um I don't do you do we want to go into the different types of Pokemon real quick? Um we could. Yeah, might be. There's... Go ahead, Justin. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say it might might be a good idea. Might <laughs> to okay. kind of give uh, the the broad types. Go ahead, uh, Rachel. No, I think there's Like 18, 17, and 19. There we go. Thank you. 19 types of Pokemon. Do you guys want me to say them all or just. Um, we can, yeah. if we want to run through them, yeah. Just run through them all alphabetically. Right. So, um, they're not in alphabetical order, but. <laughs> or whatever the hell. <laughs> okay, I just yeah, have yeah. it. So you have normal fighting, flying, poison, ground, rock, bug, ghost, Steel, fire, water, grass, electric, psychic, ice, dragon, fairy, and dark. That's it. Wow. And it's it's now 
tell me if I'm wrong. It's possible for a Pokemon to be more than one type. Yeah, like correct. Oh, for yeah. example, um, Charizard is fire and flying. Dodrio is normal and fighting. Tyrantrum is rock and dragon. Just hmm. doesn't have to be just one, you know. Which makes it cool. It makes it very, very cool. Well, it makes the combinations of what's good against what get more yeah. complex. Exactly. It makes competitive. It makes competitive scenes extremely. You you have to really be thinking of a strategy going into fights with the Pokemon. Um, you know, and and the the different generations have introduced different strengths and weaknesses uh, between the types. Um, they generally they generally tend to hold pretty pretty similar. Uh, there was one type that was removed because it was just kind of. I think it was OP, uh, and that type was the question mark type, and it was removed in Generation 4, and that was like, uh, if anyone remembers Missing No and, like, Mewtwo, and not, well, Mewtwo was psychic, but, like, Missing No and, like, the glitch, the quote-unquote glitch Pokemon from the early generations, that was the question mark type, and it was like, you could just screw with people constantly in combat um they remove that type oh that's no go for it i was just gonna say that's what missing no actually is um missing no means missing number which means that's a pokemon that they didn't quite get into the game so he literally it was a glitch pokemon and there wasn't only one version of it there was I want to say four different versions, if not more, of Missing No. And if you caught all of them in the game, either red or blue, uh, you would get a special prize. Because, you know, there's all these different iterations. And like you said, Blue, eventually they phased them out. But... uh it was pretty OP Pokemon for its time. Yeah, there were, um, I want to say there were five forms of missing no. And I think I'm trying to remember. You're God, right. I think it was, think it's it was been, five. it's been so terribly long. Um, yeah, I think there was five technically. It was like, it was the the glitch, the one that looked like a messed up image, and then like the ghost, and then I think technically the two uh, fossil things, and then there was another glitchy one. So like missing missing oh god missing no was like the funnest the funnest thing to do in the original red version or the red and blue, um, that and spamming the master ball. You mean Kabuto and Kabutops? Uh, Kabutops um, and Aerodactyl, I think, technically were considered Aerodactyl. a form. Yeah. Well, both of them. Kabuto, you evolved into Kabutops. Mm-hmm. And um, then you had Aerodactyl, who did not have an evolution, but he was a very rare Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You could only catch him at that one specific point in the game, I believe. 
Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I think that was the only... Because I think, like, the red and blue had, like, the really jacked-up picture, and then the yellow had a different one. But they were both, like... They were both, quote, glitches. Um, but anyways, so... Uh, for yeah. missing, no. Well, it's like you said. They had, like, four... And you said five... And I would not doubt that there was five different ones for missing no. Um, and it literally looked like I, I do want to point out that missing no, no matter which form you found, it, it just looked like data. <laughs> like that's all that missing no is is like data in Tetris form. I think would probably be the best physical description yeah 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 of, well and uh, that and that kind of was what he was presented as too but um i'm trying to think on the types so really the predominantly the quote-unquote so we keep i keep saying generations um there's seven generations of games uh the first generation is there's actually several <laughs> there's several of them um the predominant ones that many people know are the red, blue, and then I believe it's yellow. I'm going to make sure I'm not completely... <clears throat> okay, red, blue, and yellow in America. Uh, it was red, blue, and green in Japan. That was Generation 1. So those were like the OG, you know, that was the introduction. Generation 2 was the Game Boy games Gold, Silver, and then Crystal. Those were also, I think I want to say those were on, um, I don't remember if those were actually on Game Boy or they were on Game Boy. Yep, they were on Game Boy Color. Um, and so those were, that was Generation 2. Generation 3 actually came out with Ruby and Sapphire and then reintroduced the original Generation 1s with Fire Red, Leaf Green, and then Emerald. Um, basically what they did was they re redid generation one games but they introduced all the new pokemon from the earlier generate or from the current generations into that generation four did a similar component they had the origin the new games diamond and pearl and then platinum and then they reintroduced generation two with heart gold and soul silver generation five was black and white and then Black 2 and White 2, there was, a, there was actually a sequel within Generation 5. And then Generation 6, which is actually the most recent generation to come out, was X and Y, and then Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And if I'm, I'm imagining, again, having not played Generation 6, I imagine what was going on there was they were reintroducing Generation 3 Ruby and Sapphire into the Generation 6 world, which allowed you to catch the new Pokemon there. Generation 7 is the one that is actually currently in production, if I remember correctly, and that is the Sun and Moon Generation, and that is the one that has introduced the region of Alola, which is based off Hawaii, and... Um, it's actually kind of a kind of a cool thing. That is also the one that has brought the number of Pokemon up over 760. So there is over 760 version or different types of Pokemon within the game world at this point as of generation seven. Um, 
to kind of give you an idea of how many were in each generation was the first generation started off with introducing a predominant amount of the types. Like, you know, it was an introduction to it. They they just gave us the information that was a total of 151 Pokemon. And the types that were introduced in this generation were the bug, the dragon, electric, fire, fighting, flying, ghost, grass, and I want to say ground, ice, normal, poison, psychic, rock, and water. So a lot of, you know, obviously the foundation was laid for this generation. Generation 2 introduced another 100 Pokemon, so that brought the total up to 251, and actually introduced the Dark and the Steel types. Um, This was also where you started seeing the question mark uh, types, which uh, it's it's really a generation, I guess it it existed in, it's saying that it existed in generations 2, 3, and 4. Um, it was removed in generation four and or generation five. So at the start of generation five, it was taken out uh, and it has not been, it has not been returned. Um, not a huge information dump on that one. The third generation actually didn't introduce any types. It didn't introduce any types, but it introduced another, I think it was a hundred and hundred and thirty five. Pokemon, so that brought the total up to 386. And then the fourth generation actually did introduce a new type that was the fairy type, and it brought the total up to 493. So we were nearly at 500 Pokemon by the time the fourth generation came out. Fifth generation kicked it up to 649, and then the sixth edition actually bumped it up to 721. Um, And like we had said previously, the seventh generation, which is Sun and Moon, is still technically in production. We haven't really gotten access to the game yet. But as of the last time I checked, it's the number is like 752 ish. So it's around the 750, 760 range. So there's a there's a lot of pocket monsters running around in the world. Um, Trying to think. Trying to think what other really big, 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 big aspects of the game we talked about. I mean, it's like we said; it's it's very it's very similar to Earth, with the you know obvious exception that it's not at all. Um, but geography wise, like the planet size, the geography of the planet, it's very similar, and that's that's pretty much where the similarities in because within the Pokemon world, they have Pokemon instead of animals. Um, and that has, that has created a, a very different form of society, obviously, because they have somewhat sentient animals. And so, um, and there's like, there's insane detail. Uh, there, there's a, like, there's an entire creation myth based on how Pokemon brought, everything into existence and it's extremely detailed and really, really crazy. And I don't know it off the top of my head. So we will link it in the map unless, unless one of you guys knows the creation myth off the top of your head. Cause I don't think we talked about that far in detail in the, uh, the chat. Well, I know as far as the, uh, the animes go, 
the way it happened is they visualized that Mew is actually the, the 151 Pokemon. He created all the uh, Pokemons, at least as far as it goes back to the Kanto region. Um, whether or not that's true is undetermined, of course. Now, Mewtwo, we know, was a clone of Mew or uh, a failed attempted clone of Mew and went crazy. And you can find all this out. There's the uh, Pokemon Origins anime. I want to say it's only like six, maybe eight episodes long, but it's worth watching because it actually follows Red through his um, his fight to become a Pokemon trainer to the point where his Charizard actually beats Blue's Blastoise, which, you know, there's a an element of disadvantage for mm-hmm. Charizard, but he, he still wins. And then Blue goes on, he gets beat up by Mewtwo, and you get to watch a fight between Mewtwo and Charizard, which is rather entertaining. So, if you're into the animes, you want to check those out. Um, I want to point out the fact that Clefairy, Clefable, um, Jigglypuff, and Wigglytuff, all four of them are now classified as fairy Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's been since well, Gen yeah, 3. Well, Generation 4 introduced the fairy type. So okay, so Gen, Gen 4 is when they were officially announced as fairy types. Um, but they're the more cute, adorable, lovable types, you know, which is why they classify them into fairy. Yeah. And I mean, so it's something, something you said there too, I think we should, we should talk about when we're talking about types um, and pretty much, you know, anyone who has played any of the Pokemon games will start and will recognize this is there are types that are effective and not effective towards each other, right? There's strengths and weaknesses. Um, example being what you just said right there was that fire is weak to water. You know, it's an elementally, it makes sense. Um, water is strong against fire. Uh, and each of these types has a opposing strength and weakness to them. Now, what really gets fun is when you start having Pokemon that have multiple types, like, you know, Rachel, you you brought that up earlier, with Charizard, who's flying and fire. So you have a combo of types there that then have you have to take into account because that might that might offset one of the one of the other's weaknesses, right? And Rachel, you wanna you wanna tackle that one just a little bit? Sure. Like I, I have a list here with me of um, types and what they're strong, weak, or resistant or vulnerable to. But yeah, um, so a Pokemon can either have one or two types, and um, like there's, like you said, Charizard is flying and fire. Flying is strong against fighting bug. Grass and fire is strong against bugs, steel, grass, and ice. 
so it's how do I explain? Like there's there's like pros and cons of being like of a Pokemon having two types, I think, because they can also be weaker against like how do I oh god, I'm so horrible at <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean it But um but yeah, like let's see if I can find one that's you're good. You're good. Like, um, for example, let's say we have a Charizard, like you said, that's flying and fire. Yeah. But at the same time, you have, um, what the hell was that other? Ammonite. Um, let's say you have an Ammonite. You know, they have, I believe, ground capabilities as well as water capabilities. Mm-hmm. So you have water versus fire. And then you have ground versus flying, which we all know that flying it has the advantage on ground, but water has the advantage over fire. So they kind of cancel each other out at that point, I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the ones like Snorlax. Like right now in Pokemon Go, I don't know. I, I'm probably the only one playing this game right now um in america no no (laughs) stop stop it sorry right now (laughs) damn it justin 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 with the ninja comment (laughs) just out of nowhere too like justin's been quiet this whole time I just like, my, oh, turn my mic back on. Yeah, yeah. Really? Really, bro? But you have Snorlax. All this time, over all these generations, Snorlax is still only a normal type. But at the same time, that's what makes him one of the strongest Pokemon in Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. He has no weaknesses. But if you have Hyper Beam, it tears people apart. And I think that is one of the biggest things to think about right now is when it comes to types, normal type, they have no weaknesses. They kind of have their strengths as long as they have Hyper Beam. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, other well, than that, like yeah, you have the Pokemon like Charizard and. Well, let's go. Let's use pieces. let's use the double type for Charizard one more time, right? <clears throat> so if you look, and this is the other thing that you'll you'll start, especially in the later games, if you if you start playing competitively and you actually get into like these contests and stuff like that, you'll start really paying attention to type effectiveness and the battle conditions and stuff like that. Um, for example, Charizard is he's because he is flying and fire, right? He he is normally so normal damage he'll take he'll take normal damage from as as most of them will from a majority of the types but he's actually completely immune to ground types which is which is good he's but he's double double weak so when you when we talk about weaknesses and immunities and resistance to that basically is 
uh, in re in terms of an, a role playing game. That's in terms of the modifier to the damage given. So let's say that a rock rock Pokemon damaged Charizard for ten points, right? Actually, what would happen is the base attack would be ten, but then because it's Charizard and because of his his type weakness, it would actually damage him forty points. He's four times as weak to a rock Pokemon than he, than anything else, right? Yep. Whereas whereas a water would only do two times, and because he's flying, he's weak to electric. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's these things that like you know you can get really cool combinations of types, but you can also get really it's it's a cost you know it's a cost analysis right here it's like is it worth getting all these combinations or is it not because the more you combine not you you might not necessarily get the best thing now there's also a concept and i'm not 100 percent familiar with this one but there's a concept of this this evolutionary process right so normal evolutionary process let's you know using charizard again we start off with charmander he evolves into charmeleon and then that evolves into charizard in X and Y, um, they introduced the concept, and I think it was X and Y that they introduced the concept yeah, of mega mega evolutions, which is basically the next level up. So, like, you, you have a Charizard. Well, now you can have a mega Charizard. The, the weird thing for me about mega evolutions is that in some cases, this actually changes the types, like, completely. Yeah. For example... Um, I think it's, I want to say it's Mega Charizard X. Yeah, it's that he Fire changed. and Dragon. No, I think it was Flying and Dragon, wasn't it? Or no, it's Fire. Yeah, it's Fire and Dragon. And, but, so he becomes, <laughs> he becomes a Fire Dragon in X, but in Y he stays a Fire and Flying. Um, And, I mean, it's just, it Mega, Mega evolutions is just like it's really cool like i like the idea of it in a storytelling situation but as far as strategy goes it's like oh my good lord my head just exploded um and like i mean again bulbapedia has it down they have a ratio of male to female oh because we're doing breeding too that's right i was like geez that's a little detailed um and so breeding obviously then introduces the need for male and female. Uh, you have then eggs, which, you know, I think it's similar to Pokemon Go, Willie, in the sense that you have to walk a certain amount of steps in the game before the eggs hatch. And then it just goes insane. So let me... Oh, go ahead. It's under 30 miles an hour. And oh, in Pokemon oh, you Go. Oh, yeah, in Pokemon Go. And that will hatch your eggs. If you're going above 30 miles an hour, it will remind you that you should not play Pokemon Go and drive. Or you'll drive and into you a tree. Well, good for them. And into a tree or, you know, Off your death. Course. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so, uh, which which just you? led to a what bunch of people saying, going Justin? 25 on the highway. <laughs> yeah. So what were, what were you going to say, Justin? I was just going to ask, so Mega Evolution Mm -hmm. is not a permanent form of evolution, correct? It's a temporary 
it's a temporary state that they enter. So it's, this is from the point of a gameplay, from the point of a gameplay uh, standpoint, this is something you'll build up to in the course of a game or in the course of several games. And then you'll use your mega evolution somewhat like a super in destiny. Maybe is that at least a little bit somewhat somewhere? Um, just maybe? had tire in there somewhere. Didn't you? <laughs> so I'm sorry. No, I you mean, can only mega evolve a single. So I think in a battle, yeah, so I, know, yeah. I, I haven't played any of the games to where like you have to, you know, you can make evolution. But I have watched once again the anime Pokemon Origins, and spoiler right now, if you don't want to know the end or what the battle is at the end, then you know, quit listening, go watch, come back. That's- Continue to listen. I love that you're telling um, people to stop listening to us. That's awesome. I told them that <laughs> they don't need any more encouragement. Hey, 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 hey! I told them to continue listening afterwards. Okay. So, anyway, here's a spoiler. At the end, because this the the Pokemon Origins is an anime where it's not Ash and Gary. It's actually Red and Blue. And Red is the one you follow around. He learns that, you know, you get an emotional bond to your Pokemon. And at the end, when he's fighting Mewtwo with his Charizard, because that's who, of course, Red chose for his first Pokemon. um, They introduce in the anime um, the Mega Evolution. Red received in like episode I want to say is like three the the mega the mega evolution stone yeah it's a mega star <clears throat> yeah mega stone exactly and thank you so there's it's there's two components the Pokemon must have a mega stone and the trainer must have what's called a keystone um and so yeah, it looks. I think I'm going to agree with Justin. It looks like it's kind of a a point of triggering, and then afterwards, you know. So basically, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to summarize this. Um, so like in in a battle, it basically a trainer can mega evolve a single Pokemon once. Um. And what that basically does is it it just boosts that Pokemon's stats is what I'm understanding. So it's kind of like it's hulking out, really. Um, the Mega Evolved Pokemon can, well, will only revert back to original state if it faints or if the battle ends. So like in, in a battle, if you switch it out, it'll stay Mega Evolved. Um there and of course there's like there's a ton of uh uh specific situations in which you can't mega evolve um and that you can or cannot do these certain you know actions the the um the one case i'm seeing that is outside of battle for a mega evolution is what's called a talent round and that is in one of the contests or one of the contests that you can enter your pokemon in to kind of 
do it's another aspect of the game um what you do is it, it's kind of similar to a battle uh, basically you your pokemon will hold the mega stone um and this will drive up its appeal um and then once the audience has a point of the the peak of their excitement i guess the, i don't i don't really know what this is talking about but it evolves and then performs a a, spe- a special talent during that contest that then you know it gets a, a boost or whatever um <clears throat> that is really the mega evolution it's it's a so it's it's not a it's not an evolution in the sense of hey we're going from charmeleon to charizard it's a charizard got so pissed off that it's going to hulk out and eat things is my understanding of mega evolution so yeah sorry no go cool go for it but like you said how they basically hulk out i think when you um when you mega evolve it like you said it boosts their stats i think they get like a 100 points higher added to their stats than what that they have originally. So it, yeah, the, the perfect word to use for it is that they hulk out, they go green. <laughs> Pretty cool. If you ever played, um, Y or X to, to hit that mega evolve. Button, yeah. I mean, it sounds like them go berserk. It, it sounds like it's a pretty cool, pretty cool little thing. Um, I'm looking at, Charizard's mega evolutions and I gotta say the X version I'm partial to the blue I, I'm, I'm liking the blue Charizard it's a pretty pretty nice looking predictable yeah well it's predictable <laughs> uh, Alakazam has one that looks really funny it reminds me of Pinata from Overwatch <laughs> yeah Alakazam He's but so I mean so like and, and obviously <laughs> Sorry, it it really does. It reminds me of Zenyatta. Um, so obviously, there's only certain like you can't mega evolve uh, a Charmander. You know, you, there's there's certain things that it looks like you cannot mega evolve. Um, and again, Bulbapedia has there's some really cool looking ones. I'm not gonna lie, I'm getting distracted by some of these some of these designs. Um, so there's there's you know only certain Pokemon have the ability to receive a Mega Stone, and it also looks like if I'm I'm going off of what I'm seeing here, it looks like each Mega Stone is keyed to a particular type of Pokemon or a particular Pokemon. So you have like an actual, uh, for example, for Blastoise, you have a Blastonite, Blastoidite, or a Charizardite. Like you have specific stones keyed to those Pokemon. So you can't use like you don't just get like a generic mega stone and then give it to any Pokemon at all. Um, trying to think if there's anything else down this rabbit hole that we we need to go down. For can, uh, can any Pokemon that is fully evolved mega evolve that is in that gen? I want. I don't. I don't. Uh, like, I, don't I don't know if you know where I'm going, but yeah, you play no, I do. And you see a really, really low power character get uh, nano boosted. You know, right? You get, right. Go Hulk. I want to see like a uh, 
just for example of a useless looking Pokemon. Just, <laughs> I want to see a Mega Evolved Nuzleaf. Will that happen? <laughs> Can that happen? Probably the wrong generation. <laughs> Could that be a thing? Uh, a Mega Evolved Beautifly? I don't. I don't think so. I think okay. I think there's there's a it I mean it looks like there's a very specific uh table of of Pokemon who have the capability of mega evolution and it does not look like everything is on here. Oh, okay. Though though you if you want to talk about a really weird looking mega evolution go look up Audino. We'll do it if you if you want to look for a funny one. Um, so yeah, so that's my perusing of the mega evolution charts. It does not look like everything gets the capability. It's just not fair. <laughs> Life's not fair. This is this is the this is the logic of these spaces. <laughs> yeah, you have to prove your right to exist. To mega evolve. To mega evolve. <laughs> Sorry, this, I'm I'm like I'm blown away. Like I, I mean, legitimately, I only played up to like the the beginning of like I I started a Gen three game, and I just got distracted by life, and I never got back into it. And it's like reading reading this stuff for the past month has been. It's been like I've forgotten how much fun it was reading all the the concepts and the the different types of Pokemon and the different you know the different uses of it and everything like that. It's just it's really been it's really been a fun fun introduction back into the world that I didn't realize had grown as much as it had grown. You know, I when I played it was like, hey, yeah, let's go after Team Rocket and oh yeah, there's this crazy crazy old guy that proclaims that he's a professor of some kind. Um, you know, it's well, I know actually speaking of the professors, um, apparently Pokemon professors are like huge in the game, which kind of makes sense, but like there's, there's an entire host host of Pokemon professors now because every single generation has introduced like a new, pretty much a new cast and they actually specialize, which is really weird. It makes a little bit of sense, but it kind of is still weird. Um, so like, you know, the professor Oak, who is, you know, who, who I, I recognize as a, as an OG Pokemon player, he, he had a specialty or his, his study was basically relationships between Pokemon and humans. That was it. That's all he really studied. There's another Pokemon professor in Kanto, Kanto, whatever, Professor Ivy. And her specialty was regional differences in Pokemon's physiology. I'm like, I'm getting intrigued just by the Pokemon professor concept because it's basically researchers of... I mean, it, it, which it makes sense. Again, if you know, you think about it, a world in which these are the animals, the Pokemon professors would be the scientists researching, the biologists researching, you know, physicists and all this stuff. So, do you want me to continue down that rabbit hole? 
Yeah. Doesn't it kind of seem like uh, every little city that, well, this is going back to the cartoon or the, the anime. It seems like every little city they go to has, has one Pokemon expert. Like there's, type. So there's, there's a difference. There's a difference between Pokemon experts and professors. Um, so like you have, you have in the core series, you have basically seven. Well, right now, seven different professors you have professor and they're, and they're rare. They're, you'll, you'll notice a pattern here in a second. So you have professor Oak in Kanto, professor Elm in Johto, professor Birch in the Honin, professor Rowan in the Sanoa, professor Juniper in the Unova, professor Sycamore in the Kalos and professor Kukui in the Alola. So we notice the pattern there. They're all named after trees. Um, the, uh, the kind of the cool thing about each one of these individuals and this, and this separates a Pokemon expert from a Pokemon professor, um, Pokemon professors are experts, but they're experts in their respective regions. So basically like they are the head of intellectual studies. So they're researchers and they're also usually the ones that are responsible for distributing Pokedexes. And, you know, generally giving out the, the Pokemon to the new Pokemon trainers who then will become hopefully, you know, over time Pokemon masters, which are usually those are kind of the quote unquote experts. Those are the guys who are actually going out into the world and training and fighting. The professors are kind of the 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 the, the librarians the and the research. Yeah, they're the academics. They're the ones that actually kind of tell you how to do things pokemon masters are the ones that go out and apply that knowledge really into the world now there are some pokemon professors who go out in the world and do stuff but they they tend to not um so for the most part pokemon professors are the warlocks while pokemon masters are the titans is what you're saying I think it does a disservice to the Titans, but sure, we can go with that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't call the Titans the non-intellectual ones. That was totally you. You, but I mean, we can we can well, continue I mean, down that. You, we we have some Titans that are you know intellectual, <laughs> like oh yeah, because I'm the one that's dragging <laughs> destiny into this. Like, look at scene fourteen, okay? You know, but. But still, you have the Titans like uh, Kabir. All Kabir knew was go kill Vex, make armor out of the Vex, and drink their milk, my son. Drink of it, for it tastes like the sea. He did indeed taste of it, and um, it tasted like the sea. From hey, hey Willie, Willie, I've got a question. This has been bugging me for a while about the Vault of Glass. Oh, if God. Kabir lost weight, would he be Kalite Beer? That's a mic drop. Did I'm you, out. That's did, it. Did you, yeah, yeah. I'm out. That's that's. The, See ya. I'm done with the podcast. Uh, okay. So, anyways, <laughs> back to back to Pokemon professors. Um, there's there's a just just okay, like again that I have to stay. <laughs> just just like in our world how different how, 
how different academics ha- or academic people have different specialties. You know, as I was saying, there's different focuses of these professors. Um, I mean, we have the generic Pokemon specialists, which, you know, include like the guy who created Mewtwo, the, the people who Ivy, who studies the regional differences between Pokemon, um, Oak, like I said, who kind of studies the relationship, uh, you know, you have computer scientists, which, you know, include the individual who created the storage system in which you can use to transfer Pokemon. You have archaeologists, you have paleontologists, you have, I mean, you have healthcare professionals, astronomers, robot, roboticists, you know, there's, there's, and it just like in our world, there are infinite different combinations of specialties. And the reason why, again, you know, think about it like this, they don't have, they don't have dogs and cats and cows and horses and stuff like that. They have Pokemon. And so what's, important there is that you have to understand that then they're in the Pokemon world. That is, that is the culture and the society that they have created. Right. Which brings up an interesting concept of how did these, you know, from, from a, again, from a behind the fourth wall type of thing, how did these Pokemon get created? Like, where did they come up with these ideas? Um, you know, what inspired, some of these, some of the designs like Charizard, you know, some of them are pretty obvious Charizard. Um, you know, <laughs> Oddish, you know, Weeping Bell, Beedrill, all these ones are kind of pretty obvious. They're all kind of based in things that happen or things that we have in our world. And I think Rachel, I think you wanted to say something about that real fast. And I, I know Willie had something he wanted to say too. Yeah, like, real quick, um, Poliwag is inspired by translucent tadpoles. Um, Sandslash is inspired by pangolins. I think think that's how you pronounce it, pangolins. But anyway, my favorite one, and the one that kind of freaked me out the most, was where the inspiration for Sable Eye, I think that's how you pronounce its name came from it's actually based on a uh like extraterrestrial encounter um i'm just going to read this short little sentence here but it says on the evening of august 21st 1955 five adults and seven children arrived at the hopskinville police station in kentucky claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly for nearly four hours. Two of the adults claimed they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short, dark figures who, who repeatedly popped up in the doorway or peered into the windows. So they're so creepy. But in because Sableye was introduced in Ruby and Sapphire and they gave him like this swaying waiting motion based off the creatures reported in the Hopskinville alien encounter. So I just think that's kind of cool that they did that, but at the same time kind of creepy, but that's my favorite one of where like certain Pokemon, like how they're inspired and, and how they're created. So it's just, it's, it's very neat to me. 
that same time super creepy. So now every time I think of goblins, I'm going to think of small mini sable eyes chasing me around. <laughs> Which you can now have happen and you might go. You could, especially if you live in Kentucky. Oh, oh no! Oh no! I just realized that would be hilarious. I mean, it would be terrible, but it would also be really funny if, like, the sable eye in Pokemon Go <laughs> was only in Kentucky. Pops up in your window. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's like that. That shows the inner evilness of my sense of humor. So I, I know Willie, you you said you had you had a, a thought too that you wanted to bring up. We have Jinx, who is a Gen One Pokemon, who is actually based off of a Japanese witch, who was ugly as hell, but <laughs> she would actually disguise herself as beautiful, mm-hmm. and and she would capture Japanese men. And murder them, which is pretty dark. Um, there's actually a lot of dark things in reference to Pokemon lore. And then we have Oho. Oho is actually based off of the Phoenix. I wanted to point that out real quick. Um, which anybody who knows, I don't remember what country's lore it is for the Phoenix. But it is a firebird that burns, turns to ashes, and rises from its own ashes. And that is what Oho was supposed to be. And I did want to point out the fact that that was actually... Oho was in the Indigo League. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I I was just Um, having this conversation with my wife. (laughs) It's in the first episode. I'm watching it. I'm like, that's freaking... What are you doing in here? Freaking episode. Exactly. It's like Oho didn't come in. Was it Generation Two or Three? I, I yeah, I can't remember exactly when. I think it was Gen. I want to say it was Generation Two, but I could be completely Either wrong. Either way, on it wasn't in the Gen that. No, the, uh, it wasn't. It was. Oh no, god, it's so confusing. But yes, I do. It I really do remember was. that because I remember I literally just had this conversation with my wife because I was telling, I was, you know, we were talking about my son watching Pokemon because he's finally, you know, getting interested in it. And I was like, yeah, it was crazy. I was watching the first episode and right across, like, I mean, right. One of the first things you see is Ho flying across. I'm like, that's the wrong. What are you doing in this? What? I'm so confused. So it happened to me too, Blue, because, um, my, my oldest son is eight, my younger son is seven, and my daughter is four. So that's what they agree to watch on when it comes down to it is the Pokemon Indigo League. And I was watching the first episode with them. Like you said, when I saw Oho, I'm like, what in the heck are you doing here right now, dude? Like, you belong nowhere near this storyline. No. no. <laughs> so it's Oh No. No, it's ho. No, at that point, it's oh no. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing. I was having a serious yeah. conversation. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> well, you were conducting it with me. So, <laughs> who, who's who's the unreasonable one here? Um, 
<laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Blue, I am trying to remember what the hell you were talking about because she threw me off track. <laughs> she threw me off track with the, the, with the evilness of the Pokemon she was talking about. And I'm looking through the show notes, and it'll uh, help me out here. Oh, what the hell were you talk- talking about, Blue? <laughs> um, Trubbish Pokemon is literally inspired by an overflowing bag of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's what I wanted to point out. That they actually eat the Pokemon in the lore. Well, yeah. Like, it makes sense. In the anime... I think I think Willie's starting to understand where the whole "people eat tasty animals" movement comes from. No, I get that, <laughs> but still, like when it comes to Pokemon, it's like they're Pokemon. You train them. Um, you, well, you train first them of all, for, for for candies. Go ahead, Justin, real quick. I was gonna say when you're eating animals that can talk, it's 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 bad news. That's but they just, can't they can't talk. I'm just saying they do. They, t- no, they, they don't. say talk. their names. So, That's I mean, not a lot, but it's something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not weirded out by it, but I also grew up on a ranch, so I'm used to eating animals that look at you like, yeah. "What are you doing?" No, cows say moo. Okay, they don't they're, say they're, cow. Well, okay, okay, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. We're gonna we're gonna chase this logic down real fast. Okay, so you're saying you're saying that you would be weirded out if a cow said cow instead of moo. Yes, that is exactly like if they said their names. No. No. no I'm I'm sorry, but no. Like No, no, it's not that they say that. It's that they'll have a whole conversation with you and you'll be like What's up, cow? And they'll be like, cow, 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 cow. Like he's having an emotional in- interaction with you. Thank cow, you cows have inter- cows. Okay, I'm like, sorry. This is okay. This is, no, no, no. You don't see you don't see emotion in a cow's face. You see a vacant <laughs> stare. We're getting so off topic, but it's it's got now. I got the PETA people after me. Just move it on. Move it. Go. I mean, okay, again, this world, okay, world, there are no animals. There are no, well, except there, I mean, I think in the anime they have a couple, like, actually, I think in the game they have dogs or cats. I think there's there's a couple domestic animals. They do not. They do not. And let me also say another thing. In the anime, the one with uh, Ash and Gary instead of Red and Blue, um... The Pokemon, while they're saying their names, they have actual conversations. No, they they have okay, real like, world animals. No, no, they they have actual conversations with each other. Like Pikachu is only saying Pika Pika P Pikachu, but they show words of what he's actually saying. So what if that magic carpet is saying, "Please, please don't." Please don't cut me into bits. Please don't turn me into sushi. But they're doing it any way. Like, that's so brutal if you think about it on welcome, that aspect. Welcome to the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's a fish. No. Once again, cows only say moo. They don't say cow. Cow, cow. 
okay. Okay. Have you never seen a pissed off cow? Because I guarantee you they have emotion. And, And no, we're going to back up. There is real world animals in the world of Pokemon. There are multiple references. Um, Granted, most of them were in Generation 1, which is why they come to mind. But they, um, you know, they they talk about how Bellsprout eats insects. Um, They talk about uh, elephants. Uh, There is a comparison to uh, Chameleon. There are on the, uh, oh, what's the... What's the big ship in the first game? Uh, the SS um, Anne, SS Anne, yeah, the SS Anne. There are there are meat dishes that that are salmon or salmon de, salmon do salad, which is basically salmon salad, and then prime beef steak. They have cows, so there you go. You can you can go eat the cow that has just as much emotion as Pikachu, but doesn't have the verbiage and feel good about yourself. <laughs> it doesn't have the tools to doesn't uh, doesn't have the proper it. the proper voice box <laughs> biologically. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, the cow's probably right, not wanting you to kill him that's either. Kind of fair. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down on that one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're connecting with the, the person who grew up like down the street from a slaughterhouse. Like it was like cows were. Yeah, they had they had emotions, but they also tasted really good. They still taste really good. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's you know, that's the thing is ribs, like ribeyes like, you know cows so yeah there you go you you got me beat on that one i'm not even gonna (laughs) try to compete on that point just because a cow cannot say cow does not mean they don't have emotions (laughs) you 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 bring up a really good point on that but it, it just blew my mind earlier like my kids are watching I'm watching Pokemon with my kids, like the Indigo League, the first generation. And uh, I've told you guys earlier, but there is this episode that we watched together where Abra was making everybody else fall asleep by everybody oh, else yeah, just yeah, being yeah. all the Pokemon. And Magikarp is sitting there. And isn't doing anything. And they're talking about how it's usually so full of life saying Magikarp and, you know, splashing around. And that's what actually brought me to the revelation. Holy. They actually eat the Pokemon because Ash says, wow, he looks like he's ready for the sushi market. And it's like, oh, my God, you're talking about cutting up and eating this Magikarp right now. They do that apparently a lot. Blue, you're right. Pokemon are treated probably as well, and that's not animals. That's not to are. say that all of them are. I mean, you know, but the thing is, is like it's definitely in in the world of Pokemon, it's definitely a case of humanity has domesticated the Pokemon. 
to to a large extent. Like there's there's obviously still wild Pokemon, but they've domesticated them. They they you know, I mean, if you really want to go down the brutal path, just think about it like this: you're forcing an animal to go into a ring and have a dog fight with another animal for your entertainment, and you're betting on it. You actually get you you get money if you beat the other person. No, not always. It's not oh, some, always sometimes money. you get a little cool little badge from them saying that you really did a good job beating up their their puppy dog. I mean, if we if we really want to go down the dark path here, Blue, so- God, why did you have to do that? <laughs> so. Wait, the so Blue is literally trying to ruin Pokemon for everybody right now. That's <laughs> glad it's him and not me. I'm not ruining it. I'm just pointing out if we really want to, if we really want to go down the dark path or the dark side of Pokemon, <laughs> there's there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels. You're sending a, a ten year old out here <laughs> yeah, to fight that's all these my, fucking monsters that's while we're my at point. it. You know, oh, hey, you're ten years old. Go catch all these monsters. Go out yes, in that. Go out in that forest. <laughs> go out in that forest that you, we have we haven't explored. I'm sure nothing bad's gonna happen to you. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? Go into that pitch dark cave <laughs> while you're at it. Oh, hey. no way to okay, get out. We're, we're gonna give you this weak Pokemon to fight the other Pokemon, but. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to fend for yourself. Like they're they're saying this to a ten year old. So yes, when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. Pokemon lore is actually pretty brutal. You, you're gonna go but, and you're gonna get drowsy, and you're gonna fight a mega evolved <laughs> dragon person. So yeah, and I said get drowsy. I didn't mean fall asleep. I mean, you're going to get the Pokemon drowsy. The drowsy, drowsy Pokemon. So, but I mean, that all is to say that if you start if you start playing parallels with our world, it can get really dark really fast. No, I think I don't think you can do that. You can't. I mean, again, <clears throat> again, you you're comparing. You're comparing. Okay, I'm going to go into a, a bit of a psychology rant here. You're comparing two societies and two cultures that are inherently based on different evolutionary tracks right the real world we have we have creatures that are 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 not on the intellectual level as are the the pokemon presented in the pokemon world does that mean that that does not there's not a one-to-one ratio yeah that that's exactly what that means there are some pokemon who might actually be you know it kind of sucks to be you but you're 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 food you're a fish. Like that's a lot that you drew in life. Um, like but then, Magikarp. yeah, like magic carp, but then there's Pokemon like, you know, Pikachu, you know, Pikachu in the anime and in the games and in all these other things there, there are Pokemon who have above average intelligence, even for an, in, for an animal level creature. However, there is still a difference between the human and the Pokemon. Um, and that much is, you know, that's where you get the sense of, you know, the, the anime and even in the games, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the nod toward of this in the games is 
in the later games, you your entire one of one of the entire points is you want your Pokemon to like you. You want your Pokemon to feel safe, to trust, to love you. That's the entire purpose of it. Whereas, you know, and that and that is indicative of you being a good trainer, of you being a a good Pokemon owner. And, you know, in the anime, that's a very, very strong message that gets sent. You know, my my three-year-old has recently started watching the original anime. And which I'm I'm, you know, I watch it with him. And it's like I remember watching this when I was young. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm picking up obviously more than he is. He's just, you know, he knows who Pikachu is and all that. But like the message is, is that you care for these things. You 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 make sure that they are safe. You make sure that they trust you and that they love you. And that you, but you do that by taking care of them and protecting them from the world. You you know just like you would with a dog, with a cat, you would protect it from the world. Albeit, po- Pikachu has this giant capability of shocking everything and frying the world around it that a dog doesn't have. So they utilize they utilize it in an inherently different way. And the that's one of the reasons actually that I really appreciate the manga. And we were kind of talking about this before the show started. We um you know when I when I played red and red and I played blue and then I played, you know, gold and silver, there was there was a very um hardware would hardware limited what they could do in the game so there wasn't a lot that you could see in the the role-playing element there was mostly just the combat element that was in the game whereas the manga really showed this this you know broader world and in the in the first couple games you really just followed your your character you didn't really get a sense of a lot of stuff going on within the world around you whereas in the manga and, and in the anime to a degree there was a sense of, you know, you were only a small portion of this entire world. And you got a kind of an idea of what was going on in the world. And the manga did a really good job of kind of presenting this this interesting concept of a world in which you can you can interact with in a different way. It was a it was a new take on, you know, introducing you know using you know one of my favorite things from the anime was uh and we just watched this episode which is why i bring it up is ash uh, you know ash has a pikachu who's an electric pokemon and he's he's going up against the first gym gym boss who's brock who is basically uh, rock and fighting kind of pokemon and they're all kind of immune to electric they don't really there's not a lot of damage that can be done with that. However, in in the course of one of the battles, uh, Ash actually triggers the sprinkler system, which then soaks the entire room in water, which then amplifies Pikachu's capabilities when he when he attacks with his thunder shock, and it actually gives him the advantage. Whereas in the game, you never really got that sense of using the environment to kind of change the nature of the battle. It was always just kind of a battle in a vacuum. And, you know, you had you had your electric type against your stone type, and that was kind of all it was. Whereas in the manga and the anime, they actually they actually interacted with the world around them to make it to make it more realistic, I guess would be the thing. And that's why I've always kind of attributed more lore wise to the manga and stuff like that. But I know Rachel, you had you had something you wanted to toss in there. Yeah, I was going to mention how you brought up having bonds with your Pokemon. I know I don't know if 
all the games have always been this way. But if you don't have a strong bond with your Pokemon or if you don't take care of them like you should, some of them will straight up ignore you in battle, especially if you're a low level and you get a gift or something and it happens to be a level 50 Pokemon. You can't really use it until you, you're, you're a higher level because it'll just straight up ignore you. <laughs> like you'll, you'll give it a move to do in battle and it'll just be like, Oh, I'm gonna ignore you. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna stay here. But yeah, about the bonds, um, which is important to have with Pokemon. And it's cool. I think in Y, uh, you could check how far you've come basically with your Pokemon or, um, you could play games with them or like feed them treats to increase the bond that you had with them. Mm-hmm. And the, the more it increased, the, the better they would do in battle. So yeah, that's just, that's just pretty much what I wanted to say or point out. I wanted to point out too that in uh, generation at least one, maybe two as well, it wasn't so much the the bond wasn't so deep as it is now. Right. But you still had to have X amount of badges or be X level for you to be able to control your Pokemon. It's always been, if you're not strong enough, if you don't have enough badges, you know, one one way or another, you can't control that Pokemon. Um, it's just, it will ignore you, like you said, <laughs> completely and do whatever the hell it wants to do. Um, they do advertise that with Charizard and Ash mm-hmm. in the, yeah, the main yeah. series. Like, uh, once Charmeleon turns into Charizard, it just pretty much completely ignores Ash and whatever he wants it to do. Uh, It only fights when it wants to battle whatever it's fighting. Like, if it sees something as a good enough challenge, it says, okay, I'll fight. It doesn't do it for Ash. Yeah, it, and it's they, like it wants to prove itself, if I remember right. It's like they, if, some, yeah, if something exactly. like snaps it, it it's like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it does that. It, it, it has a good fight. Oh, man, I wish I could remember what Pokemon. I want to say it was Magmar that it fought Ash's uh, Charizard in the original anime. Like, he, he goes to fight a Magmar, and he says, okay, this Magmar is good enough. And he actually has a really good fight with that Magmar and still loses. But he did it because he wanted to. Ash was not strong enough. He did not have enough badges to control that Charizard. Mm -hmm. The Charizard did that fight the best he could because he wanted to. That's been going on since Generation 1. And it's, it's like, you know, you two said already that it seems like since then, the bond has become an extremely big deal. Like, as far as you being nice to your Pokemon, um, doing what they want to do instead of you wanting, doing what you want to do, um, putting them in fashion shows. Like, uh, I want to say it was X and Y that were out at the time. And I, I got it for my 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 sons, and they ended up breaking their DS 
before I could completely finish it. But I did play one of the newer Pokemons on DS where you had to go into lakes to get the birds. Oh, like yeah, legendary yeah, yeah. Birds. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was that X and Y? I, I know that, uh, well, I remember having to go to specific places to get the, the original legendaries. Um, oh, you're talking about Articuno? Yeah, the original legendary birds. Yeah. I remember, I remember Articuno, because Articuno had the giant ice cave. I remember that one. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, though. Like, Articuno had his really specific place that he was at. Moultrie's, you know, I, I want to say he was in a mountain. And then there was Zapdos. I want to say he was also in the mountain. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, Zapdos and, was. I'm pretty sure Moltres was as well. I want to say I, it's been so long since I've actually played the game. But I, I think we're on point on that part. Now, with these birds, they were all in specific lakes. And it was, I actually ended up catching, uh, which one was it that, oh, God, what was his name? Linguini? (laughs) 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 Just be not good at saying his name. Lugio. Lugio. That was his name. That one. That generation, I actually did get to play that to the point of where I actually captured him. Um, but I missed out on the, all the generations in between and afterwards so far. Well, and you know, going, going back to the conversation that we've had, kind of, we've been skirting around the issue, but a big component of Pokemon is the competitions, right? The, the fights. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of touched on that with the type and, you know, the, the getting to know you and the following your orders and stuff like that. And in, in the poke in the world of Pokemon, there is actually an organization or a group that basically organizes all these competitions. Now you have, they have to be with registered Pokemon trainers, which is a very specific, you know, subset of people. You, anybody can train Pokemon, but only, certain people can are are recognized as registered. Now, I don't I mean it's not like there's a huge pay, you know, blah blah blah, but you have to do certain things. And this is the Pokémon League. There are individual leagues. Uh there, you know, just just like there are seven regions, there are seven known leagues. Uh those are the Indigo League in Kanto, the Orange League in the Orange Archip or oh man, I don't even remember where that one is. The Orange Archipago, uh, the Johto League, and obviously Johto, the Honin League and Honin, the Sinnoh League, uh, the Unova League, and the Kalos League. Most of them are named after the after the league that they are in. Um, so the big, so that kind of brings us back to the organization of the league. In order to participate in these regional competitions that the league does, the trainers have to do. A certain number of tests and that test results in you getting a gym badge which is basically a signal that you passed a um a region's or a, a city's major trainer um which are they're known as gym leaders which they they oversee a gym which is basically a training facility in that area for a particular type or style of pokemon combat 
Um, apparently, even in the games, the Pokemon League actually generates and manufactures and distributes merchandise, such as you know your that the famous hat of uh, the X the Ash has. Everyone recognizes that hat. That actually is a Pokemon League hat. Um, so the the main point that I'm going here is that there's a hierarchy of trainers. So you start off and you're kind of, you know, you're, you're a registered trainer. And then what you do is you challenge all these gym leaders. Each region has different types of gyms. Uh, and so there's different numbers of gyms. Usually there's about 10, I think, or maybe nine, nine or 10 gems. And then once you, once you have passed the challenge of collecting all the badges in that region, you are allowed to go and challenge what's called the elite four. Now the elite four is, you know, again, based on the league and there are different collections of elite four and different types of them. But basically the elite four is the cream of the crop. Um, these are the gym leaders of the gym leaders. And then once you've once you've battled your way through the, the Elite Four, you come up against basically the the ultimate trainer in the region, and that's the person who holds the title of champion. And as a game, that's kind of the final well, it's not really the final combat, but that's kind of where you are aiming for from the beginning is you want to become the champion of that league. And so that's the that's the hierarchy as you go you go from a regional trainer you get all the gym badges then you are allowed to combat the elite four and then you get to be the then you get to go up against the champion which in the game is usually the the antagonist that you get introduced to at the beginning of the game so for example ash against gary uh in the manga it's red and blue um now in later games, in the later generations, they actually introduced a level above the league champions. And I'm trying to remember because they kind of tossed them around. Oh, what was it? It was. I know. You're trying to remember the Elite Four's names, or no, 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 what no, no, is no. The, not the Elite Four. There is. Um, there, there is a like a special level. Basically, it was the elite four above the elite four. I guess you could call it. Um, I know in Generation Six, it was the the Battle Chatelian, um and the Battle. They they are basically the the trainers that were in a place called the Battle Mason or Battle House, um, and this was only accessible after you defeat. Um, the elite four. So, and I think it was, I want to, Oh, it's like the battle tower. So like this basically was a place to, uh, go after you fin quote unquote, finished the final fight against the champion. This was a place that would give you kind of another challenge. And it was a rotating challenge. If I remember correctly, it was a rotating challenge. So it always was changing and stuff like that. Um, so there, there was always like a new, new challenge to prove your prove you could hold the champion seat. So, but I mean that's that's really kind of the Pokemon League information. I mean there's there's also a number of 
quote villains throughout the games. You know, each each generation of games has a different team. Uh, you had like Team Rocket in the first generations. You had Team Galactic. Uh, what was the other one? Team uh, Team Magma. Flare. Flare. That was right. Flare. Magma. Plasma. Wasn't there an Aqua? Yeah, Nimbus. Yeah. There was an Aqua, um, and each of these each of these teams were always trying to you know do something. Wake up, legendary! Yeah, they were trying to destroy destroy the world world or something (laughs) like that. So, yeah, I think I mean I think. Go go for it! Go for it! Go for it! I was just going to say they kind of help form like the core of the storyline as well because as you're battling other trainers and taking on gems and trying to reach the top of the Pokemon league, you have the little mafia esque criminal organizations running around trying blocking your way. Like a lot of the times you have to battle them before you're even able to like move forward in the story. So it's, there's a lot going on and it's actually, it keeps you, Focused, I think. Yeah, I mean, there was there was definitely yeah, there's definitely a lot of like story threads going on within each game that it just it was always I I don't know I just for that generation of games it was very well done. I just remember as an RPG, as a video game RPG, Pokemon Blue was an amazing game to kind of introduce people to RPGs, right? Because it was like. It was just enough to kind of make you be like, okay, who is going, what's going on here? Okay, got it. You know, but at the same time, it wasn't like, we're going to dump a ton of information on you and hope you keep up. So. On that note, I I just want to say that for my generation, I just turned 30. Um, Not only were the games popular, but we also had the card game as well. Mm-hmm. which, you know, that was pretty much magic, just Pokemon version. The The point being is it was very popular at that time, and that was when it was red, blue, green was one that was only in Japan, and yellow was yet to come out, where you, you know, had the Pikachu that refused to go in a Pokeball, which they are introducing companion Pokemon in Pokemon Go that follow you around, supposedly, purportedly, um, the data miners have found a code called Companion Pokemon where they actually walk behind you or with you, and you will get candies that way, which people who play Pokemon Go will know that there's only two ways to get candies right now. And that's to either hatch eggs and you get a bunch of candies, depending on how lucky you are. Or you can catch the Pokemon in the wild, which you only get three candies for if you trade that Pokemon to the professor. Um, And I also wanted to point out that during that first generation, Giovanni, not only was he the leader of Team Rocket, he was also the leader of the last gym that you had to fight. Um, does anybody remember what town that was in real quick? Uh, Viridian. 
by chance. Viridian. Yes, he was the Viridian Town gym leader. And that was not only in the game or in the games, I guess I should say, because that was for blue, red, and yellow. And I think green, too. I don't know. I never try to play the Japanese versions. Um, but that was also in Pokemon, the the original games and the the show mm-hmm. the indigo league and that was also in the show that i mentioned before the the mini series pokemon origins giovanni is also the leader of the viridian gym and is pretty darn op so that that was my two cents on it just that it, at least in that first generation giovanni not only led Team Rocket, the villains, the whole time, but in the end, you had to face off against his Pokemon, because that was the last gym you had to fight before you could go face the Elite Four. Yeah, and I I think that... I think I want to kind of think that's a... I mean, like we said at the beginning, there is a lot of information Um and it's not like it's not something that is like a um oh it's not like you know an elder scrolls or an assassin's creed or something that has like a a single game has like a very in-depth s- storyline that is very linear it's i mean it's a very very kind of almost open world rpg and so when you're talking about the lore, it's it's actually more like the it's like when we talked about the entirety of Elder Scrolls or the Dark Souls. It was like uh it depends on what type of what type of game you play. Like, you know, for Elder Scrolls, it depends on are you going to be an evil character or a good character because that's going to determine what lore you get exposed to. Um in Pokemon, you can, and especially in the current generations, you can choose to be a, you know, a completely combat. You can ignore everything about breeding and you can ignore everything about, you know, all these other aspects of it and just focus on, um, just focus on the combat or you can do the exact opposite. You know, you can just, you can focus on combat only as much as you need to, but do, you know, a hundred percent, you know, all on the breeding and all on that stuff. And that, and that really is, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that, that really is kind of what made the game so attractive, I think, to so many different people is that it let you, the player, decide what you wanted to explore. You know, nine times out of tens, that's why RPGs are always going to be some of the more popular games is because especially real open world RPGs, it lets you drive. And it just gives you the reins completely and lets you, you know, you discover your own story. So, and I I think that, I I think that that being said, I think we did a decent job summarizing the basics. I mean, we didn't get into like the, the crazy details of the creation myth, um, which I mean, I'm not, I'm not joking. It's insane how detailed their creation myth is. Go check it out on Bulbapedia. Um, so, so that being okay, said, all I, wanna, yeah, go, go uh, I think, I think we did Rachel or, or do you have anything else that you had down to, 
Um, no, the last thing I was going to mention was the uh, the villains, but we pretty much brought it up. So besides that, success. <laughs> yes, I had to kind of carry you guys through that, but I'm glad we're here. <laughs> so I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let Rachel take the first shout outs because I'm going to go mute my mic and die laughing. Hey, I'll, I'll give Fraggle a shout out. <laughs> now I get to hear why you gave Fraggle a shout out and I haven't yet. <laughs> That's what I get to hear now. Mainly because every time I post in band and I'm playing Crucible, he's the only one that responds Oh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well there is that whole there is that whole band thing. Oh, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Oh man. Um, you know, for for my shout outs, I want to I want to give a big shout out to Mel um for just being patient. So, yeah, that was that's my shout out is thank you, Mel, for being a better person than Justin or I about your technology killing itself. Yes. Oh, is it my turn? Yes. You have the conch. I, oh, I thought you I thought you had some more shout outs on there that weren't that you didn't read. But OK, well, we can move on. Um, <laughs> I would like to shout out our new um, guest host, Mel, just like Blue did. I'm glad to have her on. Um, even though she couldn't be here tonight. Uh, great big thank you to Ray Charizard for being on, being awesome guest tonight and dropping some pokey knowledge on us. Um, I feel, I feel smarter. Uh, I'm going to go get a Pokedex right now and just walk around my yard. I'm going to play Pokemon Go without the phone and see how long it takes for someone to call the cops. It's midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh big shout out to the to the live chat um for uh for you know hanging out with us fraggle nimbus hurt everyone who who made it out tonight silver i'm probably missing somebody but um stid everybody who made it out tonight thank you very much and uh the largest of all shout out for pumpkaboo you the real mvp um <laughs> willie what do you got <laughs> How am I supposed to follow <laughs> First of all, his name is Pumpkaboo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you can, Rachel. First off, I want you to take... Oh, God, I hate to say this. Please elaborate. No, no, no. Don't, don't, no. All right, no, 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 no. No elaborating. All right, here's my shout outs. As always, DODX. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> he just throws it at the end there. Oh, yeah, and shut up, Kaboo. It's like, what the f- uh, all right. I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting for Willie to realize that it's an actual Pokemon. Yeah. It's a Pokemon. Is it? Are you are you serious? It's a, right po- now? It's, a it's a pumpkin Pokemon. 
Yes, and you'll you'll never uh-huh. you'll never guess what it evolves into. Punk uh, who? Gorgeist. <laughs> that would be good. That'd Gorgeist. Be cool. Who is yeah, a, that's weird. Who is a oh, yeah, also a pumpkin Pokemon? Years. All right. Um, let's see. If, all right. Yeah, I got myself. Okay. Shout out Dodx when Fox Trot as always. I love my clan. Could not imagine myself gaming with anybody else but those guys. Well, I game with a lot of you guys. So, um, big shout out to Mel, you know, for joining on the podcast, like you guys said. To to Ray Charizard. Ray Charizard. I'm sorry for butchering that, but thank it's you for okay. joining us tonight. Like, okay. you know, we, we really appreciate you dropping the the knowledge on us because. Trust me, we couldn't have done this without you tonight. So thank you so I'm much. Sure you could. <laughs> no, 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 we really couldn't have. Um, big shout out to the chat. Joined us tonight. Everybody out there listening. Um, Maxwell House. Yes, I'm going to give you a shout out tonight because I'm so sorry for not following you. And uh, Rachel, I think you had one more thing. Yeah, I was just going to shout out. Justin, not because he gave me one, but because he invited me to be on here tonight, and it was really fun, and we, I could join more in the future if the opportunity shows up. So, yeah, thank you. It was it was very fun. Uh, you're welcome. Well, with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Rachel, for chatting with us. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. We try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat normally starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central, but if we have any variations as we do with our extra lore, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at focusfirechat. Also, please be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. No, no worries, Green Eyed. It's just that with Blue, there's an expectation that his his shit is going to be like mildly together. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. I thought there were. I traveled across the land, searching far and wide.
you don't want to get sued, you have to scream pocket monsters over Pokemon. <laughs> What's up, Stid? Pocket monsters! <laughs> Pocket monsters! You're a little late. Yeah, I was. I know the song. That's the best part. Pocket monsters! There's a strum delay. Everyone knows it, but there's a strum delay. It's so inspirational. <laughs> Pocket monsters. No. We're getting sued. No. We're so sued. We're so sued.